the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. The early church, the early Christians, they didn't grow up like we did. They didn't have people around them that they could just say, oh, that's what a Christian looks like. Oh, that's how a Christian acts. Oh, I saw that man. He's a Christian. He did this and the other. And, you know, we in America, particularly us, because we grew up with Christianity, we have images in our head as to what a Christian looks like. And the reality is, is that when we live to those images, we miss the truth because the Christian life for you is uniquely yours. It's Christ's life being expressed through the uniqueness of your personality. And no, it doesn't look exactly like anybody else. The fruit is the same, but the expression is different. It's like when we have all these different voices proclaiming praise to the Lord, and you might care for some and don't care for others, but the reality is the focus is the same. I love the uh, the reference to uh, giving praise to the Lord. You know, Jesus made the comment that if you were quiet, even the rocks would cry out. Somebody is going to be giving praise to the Lord. He said, even the rocks will cry out. Well, what's interesting about that is that the the New Testament refers to us as living stones. We are living stones, part of the foundation. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And the living stones will cry out to the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, and y'all can read along with me. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice, so that the righteous and the just requirement of the law might be met fully in us who live 
and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Our lives govern not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit of God tells us that we are no longer condemned and will not be judged as guilty because of what Christ did. And if they're going to judge us guilty because of what Christ did, they would have to judge him guilty. If they are going to condemn us, they would have to condemn him because we were in Christ when he died. So there is now no condemnation. Now, the interesting thing is, is that that's one of the things that the average Christian fights all the time. Because it is literally the off-ramp for the Christian life for most of us. When we begin to see our failings, when we begin to see ourselves stumble, which we will do, we will stumble and immediately the condemnation begins. And we say, the condemnation is just. Look what I did. The condemnation is right. Look what I did. And God says, no, it's not. Look what Jesus did. It's neither just nor right. You have one option, and that is to repent. That is literally to turn, turn from sin being your focus. Turn from your failures and face him and walk in the truth. So our Lord took us into himself, took us onto the cross. We died with him, and everything that was condemnable about us died with him. We arose with him free from condemnation, never to be condemned again. Now, we have been raised with him, and as we were raised, we were raised with a new source of life. We were raised in the vine. We were taken as a branch from one vine and grafted into another vine. The branch is the same, but the source of life has changed, and the fruit that that vine bears will reflect that change. Now, it would be very hard for that branch to look in the mirror and say, I've been changed. Why? Because he'd look just the same, wouldn't he? Exactly the same. But he has been changed. The very core of who he is has been changed because he has been taken from one vine, one source of life, and been grafted into another source of life. We have a new source of life. We are in the vine. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and of death. Now, we have a new life. It comes from a new source. And the law of the Spirit of life is literally Christ's life. That's what it is. There's a dynamic. There are certain physical laws that are put in place by God that man cannot evade that affect his very being. There are laws that man cannot change. The same is true spiritually. There are spiritual laws concerning who you are in Christ that God has placed in you by your birth that you will never change. 
nor will you ever affect. And that law has to do with the righteousness of Christ being expressed through who you are. What it is saying is that the law that is your life is not a written standard, but a law of nature. It is the unchangeable, incorruptible, eternal life of Christ that is now our life. And that is now the law. That is now the rule of our life. That is the life of the new creation. To give you another explanation, the truth of the branch is that it lives by the life of the vine. Now, that's a law. If the branch is going to live, it must live by the life of the vine. Now, what Christ has done is he's written into you, literally created you for his life. So the law for you is his life. Literally, the righteousness of Christ is now your righteousness. The truth of Christ is now to be expressed through you. The manifestation of his life is now to be your manifestation. It is a law for how you were made as a new creation. And it is unchangeable and it is irreversible. Let's look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, For God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power of all who accept the sacrifice. Now, this verse explains why there's no condemnation in verse 1 and why we are set free in verse 2. But the weakness was not in the law. The weakness was in the person it was applied to. It was in us. It was inherent in man. We could not keep the law. We could not meet the law's righteous requirements. There was no way. It's like asking a bird to live in the ocean. It wouldn't happen because we weren't made for it. We couldn't do it. We were literally infected with sin. You remember when we studied Romans 7, Paul expresses his frustration as the narrative of him as a Pharisee trying to keep the law, trying to do something to make his life work for God, something to make him acceptable before the eyes of men, before the eyes of God, and most certainly before the eyes of himself. And he found that while he could keep the appearance before men, he could not do anything about the corruption within. When the law says thou shalt not covet, he found all manner of coveting within himself. He was, as Jesus said, a whitewashed tomb full of dead men's bones. What was in him could not affect keeping the law. It was impossible. And that's what he's saying here. For what the law could not do, Jesus Christ accomplished, God accomplished Romans 3.21 says, But now the righteousness of God has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law, although actually attested to by the law and the prophets. Apart. The righteousness of God is apart from the law. In fact, the righteousness of God is literally the character of God. It's the righteousness that God accepts, and we already know who the righteousness of God is. How do we become righteous? How does the branch become 
part of the vine. How do we express his life? How does the branch become part of the vine? In the same way that the life of the vine is righteous, the life of the branch will be righteous. We are declared righteous because he is righteous. Does that make sense? We are declared righteous because he is righteous, because our lives are righteous. The righteousness has a name. It's Jesus. Now, look at verse 4. And it says in verse 4, So the righteous and just requirements of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Our lives govern not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Spirit. What Paul is doing is he's explaining the purpose of the death of Christ, which was to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law in us. Now, how could he do that? There's only one way he could fulfill the righteous requirements of the law in us. He had to literally give us his life. The life that we had, as Paul had illustrated, could no way meet the righteous requirements of the law. Because of the work of Christ, our lives now, or as verse 2 has told us, are in Christ. They operate from the spirit of life, which is Christ's life. Now, we move and live and have our lives through Christ. That is a reality. It's hard for us to put our brains around that. It's hard for us to make that a reality because we live in temporal bodies and we live in a temporal world and it's all about keeping this body together. It's all about the goals and the dynamics of this flesh and of this world. So we look in the mirror and we say, that's life. But God doesn't see that as life. God sees what you as a Christian have within you as life. He sees Christ as life, but not Christ alone, but you as an individual child of God, uniquely in union with him. He sees you together. Now, one of the reasons we keep getting off that track is because we see our behavior. We see what we think, and we see how we act, and we see the things that are provoked when people reject us or wrong us, and we say, there's no way that I could have that life within me. But understand that no more than you can revoke your birth name, revoke your parents, you cannot revoke what God has given you in this life. And we'll talk more about this, but the truth of your nature, which we talk about a lot, is that you are in Christ. We are created to function normally out of his life in the same way that a branch functions normally out of a vine. It's how it lives. It's normal for the branch. You know, before we became Christians, we could fulfill the law if the law said, go sin. If the law was go sin, and us being born in sin, we could go out there and fulfill it. We would meet the just requirement of the law, would we not? We could live to it. Well, obviously, why is that? Because we were born into sin. It is natural for us to sin. 
give us a commandment that is natural for us. Give us a commandment that meets who we are, meets us where we are, and we can fulfill it. Somebody command me to be selfish. I can do that. Somebody command me to be angry. I can do that. You see, I can embrace those things apart from Christ, and apart from Christ, that was who I was. I could sin and live to who I was apart from Christ as a lost person. Well, why are you bringing that up? Why are you talking about that? Because the opposite is true. You have been remade. You are his workmanship. You are designed to live from his life. He has given us a life to live, a path to move in, a life in which is suited for his life, a life that is particularly suited for him and you. Now, get this, a life that is not suited for the flesh. You wonder why you struggle in life? You wonder why you're having difficulty on the path that you're on? Because I can tell you, God placed you on a path that is all about you walking in the spirit, not about you walking in the flesh. So for the flesh, it is going to seem very difficult. It's going to seem arbitrary. You'll be crying out to the Lord. Lord, get me on another path. And typically, the reason we have all of these issues, the reason we're anxious, the reason we're struggling on the path we're on is because we have determined to get life out of something other than Christ. That's usually the reason. But God has put us on a path that is specifically made for the new creation, not for the flesh. Your life was made for the new creation, not for the flesh. Live to the flesh and you will discover it's hard. It's difficult. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Do you see it right there? He literally made you for the path you're on. He created you to bring forth the truth. He created you to expand in the life that he put in you. And then he put your feet on a path that would make that happen. There's no reason that stone was in the middle of the road and you tripped over it. Because you needed to trip over it in order for you to draw back to the life that you're supposed to be seeking and are living out of in him rather than looking ahead to seek life out of what's ahead of you. You see, we're not living by faith. And life for us is not an accident. It's not something that just happens. It doesn't even happen by our hard work and determination. Life is Jesus. And he has told us right there that he literally created us for himself. We are created for him and nothing else. And not only did he create us for himself, he created the path that we would walk for him, for the life that he put in us. So my feet are made for this road. My spirit is made 
to cry out in every place where I experience difficulty. My spirit is made to recognize him and give joy and thanksgiving for everything that happens along the road. This road is my sanctuary. It is literally my place of worship. Do you realize that your life is your place of worship? Do you realize that? Or have you been sectioning it off and saying, well, that part was a waste and that part was a waste? Listen, the prophet cried out that God would restore the harvest that the locusts did eat. Listen, Jesus came to do just that. And he did it on Calvary. He gave you a life that literally is foolproof. It is foolproof. Because we're sheep, and let's face it, sheep are foolish. They're foolish. But he gave you a life that would go forward in truth and would have the greatest opportunity and the greatest potential of knowing and seeing him. Now, what I said last time is God has not given us the tools for holiness and righteousness. He has made us holy and righteous. You see how easy that message gets twisted? I could really work it up with Ephesians 2.10 and these other verses. God has equipped you to go out and do a good work so that you may walk and be and act righteous. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not the good work that makes you righteous. It's not the walking, the doing, or any of those things that make you righteous. You can live like the spawn of the enemy for the rest of your life, but if you have received the life of Christ, it will not suit you. You were made for him and him alone. It won't work. Verse 4 tells us that we have been removed from the control of the flesh. We no longer have to walk after its dictates or move in its ways. Now notice that, The way of life is different because the source of life is different. That word move in verse 4 is translated walk, and it's in present tense, which means make that life within you your lifestyle. Christians in the early church didn't have very many examples of what Christ's life looks like. So you know how they had to live it? They had to live it with rapt attention to the truth within them. Daily recognizing that, oh, I don't have a Bible. No, I don't have a Bible study. No, I can't tune into the radio. No, I cannot have my iPod on teaching. No, I can't do all of these things. What I do know is I have Jesus as my life. And I'll be yielded to that. And you know what? They begin to function the way they were made. That's why we have the testimonies that we have. There's nothing wrong with all of those things, but recognize that truth is within you. We don't have to put it in us. It is within you. Living lives controlled by the Spirit is a moment-by-moment communion with the source. It's a normal way of living for us Christians. As I said, it, it may not be spectacular to watch. It certainly won't be one continuous emotional high. It will just be life. You see, this is a faith thing. And faith doesn't make this life spectacular. It makes it normal. 
Because when the flesh cries out that you are flesh, when the world cries out that this is what you want, when your appetites and your feelings and the things that are going in your ears and across your mind are contrary to the truth of that life, faith makes it normal because faith says, no, faith says, that isn't who I am. Faith says, I will walk in the truth regardless of what the world tells me. Faith says, I'll rejoice. Faith says, I will praise him. Faith says, I will believe. Faith says, I am a child of Christ. I have his life. I have been redeemed. I have been forgiven. I have the strength of his spirit within me. I am walking in victory. My life is not an accident. I am on the path that he's put before me. And victory is mine because he is in me. That's what faith says. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of the human nature. Now, I want you to notice there are only two ways to live. Living by the Spirit is, again, living from who you are if you're a child of God. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m., at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.